Hello and welcome to the ITGP podcast. This week we are reading an extract from In Hindsight, a Compendium of Business Continuity Case Studies. In this extract, you will get to hear the smaller threats which could have a massive impact on your business continuity effectiveness. I hope you enjoy. It is reasonable to assume that most organisations gravitate towards big ticket threats when preparing their business continuity management arrangements. All the same, the reality is that even the little things that often might go unheralded in the media can also bring us grief if left unattended. Rather than a full-blown case study, this chapter is a cornucopia of little seemingly unimportant items which could still have a big impact on your business continuity's effectiveness. Have you considered the workforce? I was invited to review the business continuity arrangements for a Netherlands-based company whose operation was contained in a single multi-storey building. On discovering that the cafeteria and kitchen were on the ground floor underneath the data centre, I deemed it a rather inauspicious start. Mindful that their premises were a concentration of risk, it was their intention to relocate their key workers, about 50% of the workforce, to their offices in Brussels if they were denied access for an extended period. On a good day, the trip would take about two hours each way. But on a bad day, many of these key employees were young mothers who dropped their children off at kindergarten or school before work and collected them afterwards, which very much governed the hours they could work. It had been assumed that they would all be prepared to either commute daily or temporarily relocate to Brussels. I suggested that they brief the individuals of the firm's intentions and not surprisingly, they were met with a resounding no way. But the relocation saga did not end there. I spent time later in their Brussels office and I asked the question, if a few coachloads from the Dutch office arrived looking for somewhere to work, what plans do you have to accommodate them? It transpired that the Belgians were totally unaware of the Dutch plans, meaning that a Dutch disaster could have become a Belgian disaster too. Flooding. With frequent media reports on major flooding incidents around the globe and concerns about climate change abounding, one can be forgiven for focusing on the enormity of the threat. But it does not need to rain for flooding to occur. It was a Friday afternoon and the office was emptying rapidly. Suddenly, one of my colleagues noticed a trickle of water running down the office wall and the trickle soon became a torrent. The server room was on the ground floor and much of the ICT equipment was actually on the floor. As electrical equipment does not react particularly well to water, we persuaded a couple of techies still in the building to perform an emergency power off and to get the equipment off the floor. Fortunately, they succeeded as there was no IT disaster recovery in place at the time. It transpired that a workman had drilled through a water pipe on the top floor, which came directly from a large tank on the roof. While the water supply to the tank could be isolated, it was not possible to stop the tank draining its contents into the office. Information security. With internet facilitated information theft increasing in prominence, we must not forget the age-old physical threat still exists and can cause companies grief. One NGO that I visited was reading from the theft of several PCs from a ground floor office. An emergency exit was forced open by thieves and they helped themselves to some easy pickings. The PCs were quickly replaced and some more effective security measures put in place but that was not the real issue. Each of the stolen PCs contained data which had not been backed up to the NGO's file server, and the loss of this data was causing some acute embarrassment. Taking effective backups of all your vital data, whether server, PC, or tablet-based, 
could make the difference between recovering or not after a serious incident. In the UK, the BBC has regularly reported stories of missing laptops, pen drives, CDs, DVDs and so on, each containing sensitive data. Local authorities appear to be the worst offenders, with over 1,000 cases of data loss reported by 132 local councils between 2008 and 2010. The private sector is little better. HSBC were fined £3 million in 2009 and Zurich Insurance were fined £2.3 million in 2010 for customer data loss. Even the BBC itself admitted in 2010 to losing £240,000 worth of laptops and mobiles. Of particular concern is the reported loss of laptops from the Ministry of Defence, including unexplained disappearances from high security areas. Over a four-year period, this amounted to more than 650 machines, some of which contain classified information. Employee fraud. According to Russikoff and Goodman in 2011, a typical organisation loses 5% of its annual revenue to employee fraud. Fiducial notes that there are many ways in which employees can defraud their employers. For example, opening a checking account in a nearby community under the same name as the employer company, overpaying the payroll taxes or large suppliers and asking for refunds which are then deposited in the employee's new company account, soliciting the help of a supplier employee and then overpaying the supplier and sharing the overpayment. And finally, opening a checking account with the same name as the employer's major suppliers and then paying invoices twice. First payment is sent to the supplier and the second is deposited in the employee's extra supplier account. Thank you for listening. If you like the sound of this book extract and would like to know more, you can purchase the full book on the ITGP website and receive a 20% discount when you use the discount code BCM20 at the checkout. Thank you for listening and don't forget to subscribe and share.